you just never know what's going to rise to the top. Just do a good job writing good content and you'll see what happens. Hey, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of Content Briefly. Today, we're talking with Molly Talbert. She's the content marketing lead at a company called Switchboard, which is a pretty cool tool. You should definitely go check it out to see it in action. Basically, you can drag all of your other tools into one place so that as you're working on a project that has you know, Google Docs, Asana, other project management tools, maybe some browser tabs, you can just keep all of that stuff in one place. So from a content marketing perspective, that opens up a few opportunities and certainly some challenges in the sense that it's a very horizontal product, many different use cases, lots of different personas, partnerships potentially with many other applications. So we get into all of that. Molly had a really cool, fresh perspective on all this stuff. So it was a great conversation. I certainly enjoyed it. And I think you will too. Riverside is best known as a podcasting tool, and it's great at that. I use it to record content briefly. In fact, I'm using it right now, and it has a few features that I really love. First, it's a real studio, not just a video conference. I get much higher quality video and audio than I would from Zoom, and then I can just give my producer access to my Riverside account so I don't have to upload and download giant files. It also gives me a bunch of really awesome post-production features, like Magic Clips, where it finds the best moments in each episode so I can put them on social. It also has transcripts, captions, and a text-based video editor. Okay, but the really cool thing about being a Riverside customer is that it's useful for other things too. So for example, Riverside is the best place to do customer research or conduct any type of interview. All the features that make it a great podcast tool also make it great for any type of recording. Things like easy cloud storage, highlights, transcripts, magic clips. If you record in Zoom, you have to do all of that somewhere else. Plus the quality is much better and it works in the browser rather than a desktop app. I've even used Riverside to run live events like our Google Analytics 4 workshop we did earlier this year with Ryan Lavander. There are multiple roles like host, guest, and audience member, which means you can run a live webinar or presentation with live chat, screen sharing, and even media like transitions and music. And one feature that I really love is scripts, which lets me read a script just like I would a teleprompter, which is exactly what I'm doing right now. Riverside is one of those premium tools that I used to think was a luxury, but now I can't live without. And once you're up and running, you'll keep finding more use cases for it. For freelancers, it's perfect for interviews and presentations. For teams, it's ideal for customer research, presentations, workshops, creating social clips, and more. You can learn more at riverside.fm. Try the free plan if you want to kick the tires and use code SUPERPATH for an exclusive discount. And a huge thanks to Riverside for their support of this podcast. Hey, everybody. Jimmy from SuperPath here today with my new friend, Molly Talbert. We just met a couple of minutes ago, but we hit it off because we both live in Colorado. So lots to chat. You know, skiing, mountain bike, all that good stuff. You're the content marketing lead at a company called Switchboard, also an Asana alum. I want to ask you about that. And anyways, tons of questions for you. But first, would you mind just giving a quick intro of yourself? Tell us a little about who you are, what you do. And then after that, I have I have some questions about Switchboard too, which looks like a really cool product. Yeah, thanks. I'm super excited to be here and I'm glad I have a new friend. <laughs> so yeah, I'm the content marketing lead at Switchboard, which is a collaboration platform that helps people move faster with fewer meetings. So basically, we're trying to pioneer what an async work collaboration platform looks like. I've been in the B2B content marketing space for 10 years. Most of the companies I've been at have been more mid-sized. This is the smallest company I've worked for. And it really, it keeps you on your toes when you have just everything to do as a content lead. But it's a lot of fun and I've learned absolutely so much working at Switchboard. Can we talk about that for a minute? Because, you know, there was actually a thread in the Slack group just the other day. Someone was asking about, how do you do it all? You know, there's like this load of like project management and meetings and analytics and whatever, you know, other teams need your help. So many things mm-hmm. go into running a content program well. Because you mentioned that so early, like I would love to just kind of hear you talk a little bit about how you manage that. Yeah. Well, first of all, 
I feel like just like being honest, some oftentimes they don't do it all. Yeah. So it's, it's ruthless prioritization and um, continuing to understand and be in touch with what the business needs. And so especially in a startup, the business, what the business needs changes all the time. So you have to be good at kind of like killing your darlings in a way. It's like, oh, we were working on this, but maybe we're going to try this other thing. And so we have to regroup and repivot and constantly be reprioritizing work. Whereas at Asana, it's such, and also Asana is a very special company in that it's like you're building a platform to help you work better. And so they're very regimented and not regimented, that's the wrong word, but very thoughtful about how everything is structured. And mm. everybody's kind of a nerd about operations. And so at Asana, it's like every single quarter is mapped out. And so you just kind of plug in how your program, your content program to the bigger map. And then it's a lot easier to execute and kind of stay on that drumbeat. So it's very different than a startup where there's a ton of different stuff going on every day. You have to look at your list and prioritize what's important, what's urgent, what's urgent, but kind of less important and all the gray areas in between. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned this is the smallest company before. How mm -hmm. many people roughly work at Switchboard and are you the first content hire? Yeah, so 30, fewer than 30 people, something like that. So pretty small. And um, I'm the first and only content hire. So the entire marketing team is three people. There's um, our VP of marketing, Deb Kelton. There's um, our growth marketing lead, Paul, and me, the content marketing lead. And so it's a lot of, lot of work, honestly. We have things partitioned out pretty well. Like we know who each other's lanes or what each other's lanes are for each person. And for me personally, even though I'm the only content person, we lean on a ton of agencies, not a ton of agencies, but a few agencies to help us accelerate work because one person can only do so much. And my output is just not big enough for what we need. So yeah, a lot of my job is also managing different agencies and programs. Yeah, yeah. Vendor management, highly underrated skill, you know, like especially in small teams, it's like that is how oh, I'm scared. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I would say it's one of my, oddly enough, one of my favorite parts of the job and one of my secret superpowers is vendor management, like finding the vendor, negotiating, you know, the contract, SOWs, all that, and then try to bring them into the company. And um, especially with a startup where things are changing, we're reprioritizing. Now we need to get that information back to the vendors in a way that works for them and helps them be successful. Yeah, yeah. Wow. As someone who has worked at agencies before, you sound like a great customer. So good for you. <laughs> That's you. awesome. <laughs> Could you explain the product switchboard? Or maybe just like, like, yeah, what is it? Who is it for? Like, yeah. isn't the website obviously before this call? And it's mm -hmm. interesting in that, like, it's a tool that helps you use your other tools, if I understand. Yeah, that. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's an interesting way of putting it. It is a tool that helps you use your other tools. So um, basically, if you imagine you take kind of uh, a Miro board, Loom, and combine them together, plus a few other things, that's what Switchboard is. So we're um, essentially a collaborative canvas, and you create different canvases. We call them rooms for different projects. And you can put all of your tools in there. So um, it's like a browser you can drag and drop a browser app. And then if your team works in Figma, in Linear, anything, Google, like Google Docs, any type of like amplitude charts, all that stuff, you can put them in there per project room. 
And it essentially creates a space for the team to come and go and have everything at their fingertips all at once. And everything in the room becomes collaborative. There's in multiplayer, you can record things in the room and then check on the recordings later. So one of our growth marketing lead, Paul, he does a great job of um, our marketing like metrics, monthly metrics. And he'll put everything he needs in a room, record himself going through everything. And so, okay, we're all up to date. I can watch the recording and then I can go play with the exact things that he was showing and the charts and stuff like that. So that's where it's like the loom aspect, but also um, you you watch the loom, but you have everything that was recorded in the loom right there to start working on. That's so interesting. So it's not like if you want to bring in Asana or Trello or something like that, it's not like it integrates and syncs the tasks and then you, like you're, you literally like drag it in there and then it, yeah. visually you are looking at Asana or Trello inside a switchboard along yeah, with so you the other docs and stuff you need for that project. Yeah, yeah. So you physically are putting the tools that you're using in the switchboard room. And then we also have different things like a notepad, sticky notes, a, a voting widget, all these different things to help augment that. But you're putting them in there. And so then as a team, if you're working on, you know, product launch, you could create a room in switchboard and um, all of the different aspects from the PDFs to, you know, the Asana, the Asana board that one team has and the Figma files that another team has. It's all there. And so it really democratizes a lot of the tools. It it brings everything down instead of collaborating on a tool by tool level, you're creating on the project level and all the tools just kind of come into that one space. That's such and a, of course cool. we have AI on top of everything. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. You can ask, you can ask the AI questions too. But yeah. That's such a cool way to think about it. Like working on the project level rather than the tool yeah. level. Like even I working solo quite a bit of the time, but you know, to work on a project, like I've got two Google Docs, a spreadsheet, I'm big Miro fan. So I like to like build out more mm-hmm. flows and stuff. You know, I have like some emails I need to reference that I like keep links to. And it's like really yeah. confusing actually sometimes to be like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm ready to work on this project. Now I have to spend a couple of minutes like going and gathering all the yeah, stuff totally. that I need to just like do anything. Yeah. So that's kind of, it's interesting. I've been at Switchboard for a year now. And when I started, the original thesis was people need a better video conferencing platform because like we're on a Zoom right now. We can see each other, we can talk, but we can't actually work together on anything. You could show your screen, but I can't click around. I can't get that link or anything like that. But then we, what we found more and more is that video conferencing is kind of a commodity. It's like, it doesn't matter if we're on Zoom, Google, Teams, what have you, but people are tired of meetings and struggling with context switching. So that same thing where you're going through all your different tabs in your Chrome, you're trying to find this document, that document. People are just, they're swampus meetings and they're confused about where things are. And so Switchboard, you can have a, a meeting in Switchboard. Like we have video conferencing capability, but that's not the main feature. The main feature is that this is like a collaborative repository for all of your team stuff. Yeah, that's really cool. You know, to me, the most challenging thing about meetings is that you just talk about work, but you don't do the work. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then like on the call, it all feels so clear. And then 10 minutes later, it's gone. Like the, the moment of yeah. clarity has disappeared and it's like too late. It's all just, you know, because like you just get, you know, yeah. you the next thing and like you forgot like exactly what you were, whatever. 
So that's that's really cool. Is there, I would imagine, like a probably a significant element of, I don't know if I call it category creation. Maybe you do think of it that mm-hmm. way or just like product education. Like you got to teach people. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a category creation thing, the way that we're positioned at the moment. And I think that as a marketer, that's really interesting because I've always been in like pretty clear categories. Like this, like Asada was work management. Before that, I was in like business intelligence. Before that, I was in online communities. And those are super defined categories. But this is totally new. And so for content marketing, that makes the positioning super interesting. And I am content marketing lead, but we don't have product marketing. And so I'm also like Mm, sort of have my foot in the product marketing world and have to think really hard about all of that. Like we have a new feature. How are we going to be positioning it? How are we going to be, you know, for writing a LinkedIn post versus this or that? How are we positioning our product in these different areas to really build that category? Yeah, this is very interesting. One thing that comes to mind for me is that, I mean, I would imagine you have some competitors, but you don't have to compete against Figma, which has its own collaboration features Mm -hmm. built in. You don't have to compete against Asana or Trello. Like those are all baked in. It's interesting to me, like when I think about the perfect SaaS company, I think of Zapier. I mean, again, like Zapier has competitors, but like it makes all the other tools you use better. So yeah, it's easy to sell to the customers and even the partners want you to use it too because it enhances their own products. Sounds Mm -hmm. like Switchboard might have a kind of like a similar like good vibe going there where like the yeah. tools that are included actually probably would be happy for their customers to also use Switchboard because it like creates a better experience for them. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it that way before, but that's so true. We're like the, the kid on the playground that everybody is friends with. <laughs> you know, we, you because you can put all of your tools, if, if you use a tool in a browser, you can put it in Switchboard and it there's no integration. It's just in there working. And I think that we do make all of the tools better. And especially like with switchboard AI, which is our new AI feature, you could have like two different tools and browsers and a PDF and this and that in your room. And the AI can talk to all of them in a way that you can't normally. So if you go to ChatGPT, Bard, whatnot, you're just interacting with that one tool or even Canva AI, something that's super cool like that. You can only use Canva AI in Canva. But with Switchboard AI, it kind of brings this layer across all of your tools. Really cool. Really cool. I'm going to check out the product after this because I yeah, think like it's useful for me. How do you market it? How, could you like give us an overview yeah. of like what does your content strategy look like? Yeah. So the content strategy is there's kind of three main buckets, I would say, which is kind of drumbeat work to bring in leads. Then there is... Um, operational work to um, update things, make th- make sure that our positioning is the same across different assets. We recently got, I don't know the fresh term, but like out of beta, moved into, you know, paid plans and stuff like that. And so that was a really big, a lot of operational things there. And then we have some more experimental things. Like we just got on TikTok. So you can follow us on TikTok if you're interested. And yeah, in terms of prioritization, it's like kind of what I was, was saying earlier, where you're constantly every day trying to gauge what the priority is. And so most of the time, it's that drum beat work. It's, you know, that we do a lot of SEO. It's the product newsletter. It's ghostwriting for a CEO. But that you know, leading up to our the end of our beta program and into paid plans, it was like SEO took was on the back burner. We need to update all of our emails. We need to do a lot of kind of in the, in the weeds work 
that's not necessarily the most fun, but super important to get done. So it's all about figuring out what to dial up and dial down on any given day. Got it. That makes sense. And I'm glad you mentioned ghostwritten thought leadership because I'm looking at the blog yeah. right now and like I, I see some of that. And like, yeah. one, that, one that stands out is why canceling meetings won't ruin your company's culture, which is, I don't know if mm-hmm. that like falls under that category necessarily, but I feel that you have this tool in your toolbox of like, it feels good to hate on meetings. You know, every yeah. end feels the same way. Yeah. <laughs> you can do messaging around that and, and it feels good. It's going to resonate with people. Yeah, totally. I think that, and from a, from a marketing perspective, I never want to be super doom and gloom, you know. I think that it, it's better instead of doing like fear mongering to try to make people feel good about whatever it is. And so it is a fine line between just hating on meetings all the time and also like everybody hates meetings. So it's, I guess it's not really that fear mongery. It's a little bit clickbaity, but it also is kind of the truth. And so I think that it is a really interesting lever and tool to have to be able to say like, yeah, everybody hates meetings. And also there's a lot of evidence like written up in Harvard Business Review by the Asana Work Innovation Lab, all these different places to back that up. Yeah, that's really cool. You know, there was topic areas just so ripe for thought leadership. There was a Jason Freed from Basecamp or 37signal, yeah. they're on a called now, did a piece mm-hmm. a few years ago called Is Group Chat Making You Sweat? And it was such a good title. Yeah. Article was good. And I read it and I was like, oh my God, this is why I hate Slack. Like it's just explained exactly yeah. all the problems with it. Of course, they have like an async project management tool behind it. Yeah, um, yeah. But there's an interesting thing that happens in like work culture, whereas like, you know, patterns develop before they're recognized and have terminology attached to them. So like, this is an example or like quiet quitting or, Mm -hmm. you know, Zen fatigue. There's any who are kind of in a position to identify and and ride the waves of, of some of those things that emerge. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's one thing that makes this position so interesting. One of the things, and to be honest, when we started leaning into the async work, I was like, really? And from an SEO perspective, I go look and people aren't really searching a ton of like async specific words, but they're searching for everything around it. And so I think that it's something that people are beginning to feel, but they haven't quite articulated yet, which makes this exciting because that's really how you catch a wave before, you know, it's crashing down onto the, under the shoreline is looking around the corners and finding those trends as they're emerging. And I think that this is one of them because people have a visceral reaction about meetings yeah. <laughs> and people want to do more async work. They don't necessarily know what it is or what it looks like. But when you explain like, yeah, it's doing more work in your own time. And then when you do have meetings, they're better, but you're not like, you know, stuck at your computer all day in front of Zooms and feeling exhausted. People are like, yeah, that sounds pretty great. Yeah, yeah, I want that. How do I do it? Well, it speak on a personal level too. It's not necessarily just, if I buy this product, will I get an ROI on it? It's like, that just sounds, Mm -hmm. I just want that. It just sounds good. Yeah, it's like I work from home. My wife also works from home, but we don't see each other that often during the day because we're in meetings or I'm not in that many meetings. She's in meetings all day. It's like, yeah, and it it really has a a big impact on your day-to-day, even if you work from home and, you know, supposedly you could do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, I feel I should clarify what I said earlier about Slack. I don't hate Slack. I run a Slack community with like 18,000 wonderful oh people. Yeah. But I find that Slack is wonderful for communities. It was the work mm-hmm. instance of it that drove me insane. You know, just like, hey, where's this? Hey, where's that? You know, it's like never like really anything all that important happening except like a bunch of 
Mm -hmm. anything. Anyway, neither here nor there, but I felt I should clear the air there. No, I think that's important. And yeah, you run a great Slack community and there's a big difference between a Slack community like that and work, especially the bigger the organization you work for, the more hectic your Slack becomes. Absolutely. Absolutely. How do you think about content goals? Are there metrics that you really care about that you track closely? Yeah. I know, or, or is it early enough where like that hasn't become really important yet because like you're still getting the whole thing up and running? Yeah. So it's really different than other jobs that I've had. And I think that in terms of like kind of quantificating more broadly, like the the metrics and the goals that I have are like very much based off of what I just have access to at a certain company. So and what's nice about being at a small startup and having Paul, my teammate, who's in charge of it all, is I have access to more information than I've ever had before, which is pretty awesome. And what we keep, what I personally keep an eye on is um, just like overall volume to the SEO pages. And like, are we, is our volume growing every day? Just people searching for that. What do our keywords, like are our non-branded keywords growing, branded keywords growing? And then double clicking into that more, is our content bringing in new leads? Is it increasing brand awareness? What's happening to those leads? Are they starting to sign up? Are they dropping off? Are they um, signing up for the trial? Are they sticking? Are they converting to pay? Are they staying in free? So those are the types of numbers that we look at. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. Are you currently or planning to experiment with multimedia stuff? I mean, you actually mentioned TikTok. Like, is there other video stuff you're doing? Yeah. Podcast, any other? Or I guess, are there other? Yeah. I'm not really sure like what other mediums are, but just sort of curious, like anything beyond text and how you're thinking about that? Yeah, that is something that we're definitely looking at. Partly because this is a new product and um, it's also difficult to describe in words, especially succinctly. So we are, we're, we've invested heavily in video. We have a great agency, Vitico, shout out to them. They're based in Australia. This is a video for us. So just kind of like almost... Okay, nice. Yeah. So they did a great job working on a sizzle video for us, which is almost like an ad, but it's we're not using it as an ad anywhere. It's on our website if you want to check it out. And then they're also helping us with more middle to bottom of funnel product type videos that are still marketing videos, but to really try to show, like click down into what the product actually does a little bit more, but still on a high level, not like a walkthrough kind of video. Then we are experimenting with TikTok. TikTok has been interesting because this is totally new to me. I personally wasn't on TikTok on Millennial, so I was getting my TikToks two weeks late on Instagram. But um, I've been learning a lot about about TikTok and we're just a, like a month into it. And so no like super clear learnings at the moment, but the agency that we've partnered with, they are experts in this and they're leading the way and kind of educating us too. So let's check back in next quarter and see how we're doing there. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Another thing I wanted to ask you about was audience and personas because this is a product yeah. that you know, I mean, the entry point could be like a whole bunch of different places inside an organization. It's just like maybe the person who yeah. has the most pain with this issue is the right person. But that's probably hard to identify yeah. as well. It's not as simple as saying like we sell to sales leaders or something like that. Does that matter yet? You know, or is at the moment, yeah, is it more product focused? And then you kind of like develop kind of verticalized content for different personas later? Well, we do. We have kind of honed in on our personas because we are such a horizontal product, like literally anybody could probably run in value, sort of like how it was at Asana, like when it's such a broad product, that's like almost a curse in a way, because 
Like, how are you even going to begin to decide how to market this? But we um, did some survey analysis and just some thinking. And basically the conclusion we came to is the people with the most meetings are the most cross-functional people. And it's a lot of like product people, the builders, the designers in an organization who are having to meet with a lot of different teams. So those are the people that we're marketing to more specifically, but then kind of another layer down, a secondary category are freelancers, people who have a lot of different clients, agencies, because you can create rooms, not just for like projects internally, but you could have a room for each client. And that's where all of the stuff is. And that's where you collaborate with your client. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Sounds like a stint at Asana probably prepared you pretty well for this role. Yeah, I think so. I mean, my time at Asana was, was so much fun in a lot of ways, especially, I mean, I I love all of my coworkers there, but it was really special to be there before we went public because it's just it's a different vibe when you're, you know, leading up to that. It's just really exciting. And then when you become public, some things change internally about your processes. You, more of a magnified glass on you. But yeah, it's, it was just so well run when I was there, probably still is, but I'm a year out and learned so much from everybody. And one of my favorite parts of working with the product marketing team, because they're really top notch and I got to partner with them a lot on how do you position certain things. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Asana is also just like a, such a fantastic product and the brand is so good. So that's really cool. I wanted to ask you too, are there any, it's, I know it's relatively early on, are there any individual yeah. pieces of content on the site that have outperformed your expectations? You know, either in terms of page views or conversion or reaction, like quantify it however you want, but just sort of curious, like, yeah. is there anything that's like really stuck? Yeah, so we have two pieces that that are kind of the most interesting ones to look at. One of our SEO pieces is for our free video conferencing software. It was one of the first SEO pieces that we published when we were still kind of trying out that video conferencing category. And it just like took off like gangbusters really quickly. And I think it might even be, I think it might be the number one spot, might have a snippet. I haven't checked recently, but that brings in the most views and people convert actually to the trial at a at a pretty high rate with that piece. And that was surprising to us. And then the other one is the blog post that we posted over a year ago about creating and defining your company values has nothing to do with what we do. And somehow that just like the SEO gods looked upon it and and have raised it up. So it's doing pretty well. And yeah, I think the learning there is you just never know what what's going to rise to the top just do a good job writing good content and you'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. You know, sometimes too, you are able to reap the indirect benefits of a piece like that too. You know, like helps the domain authority a little bit, get some people on yeah. the site that like maybe like you didn't necessarily intend for them to like, well, I mean, they'll take them. I'm sure, like I would be happy to have anybody yeah. on the site, you know, but there's there's always learnings there. Get a couple backlinks. So that's really interesting. Really cool, Molly. I think that I, well, I definitely will go check out Switchboard because it actually sounds like it solves a bunch of pain points that I personally have, but I always encourage people, listen to the podcast, listen to the person talk about all the behind the scenes stuff, then go to the website and see it all in action. I feel like that's where you you really get the inspiration for your own content program. And I feel like you've mentioned a bunch of things in this episode that I feel like folks could take away and go apply to their own work. So thank you. Thank you for taking the time to do it. Yeah. We'll obviously link people to Switchboard. Anywhere else we can send folks to connect with you, social handles or the yeah. website? 
So follow Switchboard on LinkedIn and check out our TikTok if you're curious. We're also cross-posting on Instagram and YouTube short. So we're all over the place there. And then anybody who wants to connect with me on LinkedIn, Molly Talbert, please connect. I absolutely love talking to people who are practitioners of the craft of content marketing. So please reach out. Cool. We will drop links in the show notes for people. Molly, thanks so much. And we will talk again soon. Yeah, sounds good. Take care. Bye.